Well, hello, ladies and gents. Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com. And today, I've got special guest Ben Azadi on the line. Ben is awesome. He is the brains behind Keto Camp. I've seen his stuff online, but I haven't really dug deep into it before now. But he is incredibly bright, very intelligent, not just in keto and fasting, but also in business and entrepreneurship. So this conversation definitely took a turn towards that. We talked deep about mindset, how to how to stay motivated and inspired to keep getting better every single day towards your business career, towards your entrepreneurial endeavors, especially in tandem with a ketogenic and fasting you know, nutritional protocol as well. So thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. I've got utmost respect for Ben and what he's done already and what he's planning on doing going forward. We're definitely going to keep in touch. We're going to keep collaborating and learning from each other. I was just on his podcast after we recorded this one, so I'm excited to have that one go out. I'm excited for this conversation and for you to hear all of the knowledge that he is putting forth. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation with Ben. live ben how are you brother robert i'm doing outstanding how are you i'm wonderful man glad to have you we tried recording on monday and zoom just wouldn't let it happen but i'm super excited to get you on today you were introduced to me from danny vega who's my good friend he had nothing but good things to say about you so i'm excited to dive in and learn more about you man yeah we're gonna give this another shot we got the zoom gods working for us today and shout out to danny vega who's an incredible human and he said nothing but good things about you too so this should be a fantastic conversation awesome awesome well i've, I've intentionally not dug too deep into your brand your business kind of your background because i wanted to just hear it from you uh you know straight up so kind of give me some insight man what what got you in the keto space what got you into this way of eating this lifestyle in general and, and building a career around it yeah i got into the the health lifestyle, a healthy living, nutrition, fitness lifestyle when I had my own wake-up call back in 2008. Uh, at that point, I was a 23-year-old man who weighed 250 pounds, uh, obese both physically and mentally. And the reason I was obese is because I had a victim mindset growing up. I hung out with the wrong crowd. I ate a standard American diet. And my mom worked at a Kentucky Fried, at two Kentucky Fried Chicken, so she would bring me fried chicken all the time. I would eat that fried chicken and she was doing the best she can do with her resources. But I never had any thought process on how to eat healthy, how to exercise and work out. I was just tiptoeing my way through life, hoping to land safely on death's door. I really believe if my heart would have stopped beating at that point, it would have just been a mere formality because I was not alive. I was not living a life on purpose with my purpose. I didn't even know what my purpose was. I had no goals, no aspirations. And I found myself at the age of 23 years old, now weighing 250 pounds. My girlfriend at that time, she left me and I was devastated. I was depressed. I was actually worse than that. I was suicidal. I was going on the internet looking for ways to end my life. And I, anytime I did that, anytime I explored suicide, I would think about my mother and it would stop me. So I knew, Robert, that I had to do something. I had to figure this out. I was tired of being sad every day, being depressed. And this is a point in my life where books entered my life. Uh, I started to read books like uh, the first book I read was The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson, which really taught me about this compound effect, how these little decisions we make every single day compound over time to manifest our future and, and our new reality. And it really helped empower me and understand how habits work. And that led to other books like uh, Wayne Dyer and Bob Proctor, Lisa Nichols, Jim Rohn, Earl Nightingale, 
just a whole host, a whole world that I never knew existed. And for the first time in my life, I was empowered and I became the victor of my future, stopped being the victim of my past. And I decided to put my head down and focus on my health, focus on fitness. And I started to exercise, started to eat better. Nine months from that moment of taking actual responsibility and ownership, I went from 250 pounds down to 170 pounds, 34% body fat down to 6% body fat. So I finally carved out this physical six pack. But the most important thing I achieved during my transformation was a mental six pack. I, I really started to think better thoughts. I started to live a life on purpose with my purpose. And I ended up leaving a job that was a dead end nine to five job to become a personal trainer. Uh, I was a personal trainer here in Miami Beach. And I was just doing anything I could do to get clients. I would travel to clients. I would charge very, very low. It was ridiculous. I didn't value myself much back then. So I was a personal trainer for a while. Then I got better at it, got more clients, ended up partnering up to uh, open up a CrossFit gym here in Miami, had the CrossFit gym for about five years, ended up selling my shares, uh, became a certified health coach. And, and then I started working with um, Dr. Daniel Pompa, who's my mentor and a group of other doctors and practitioners. So it wasn't until... 2013, where I started to get into this area of research called ketosis. You know, up until that point, I had heard of Atkins, I've heard of ketoacidosis, and heard nothing but negative things until I started to get into the work of Paul Check and Jimmy Moore and a few other legends out there. So it really helped me understand how this process really works. So I was transitioning at that point from a plant based vegan diet for a year and a half, which wrecked my health and my hormones and my performance. So I transitioned from that to a ketogenic diet when I paired it with intermittent fasting. And this is the first time in my life where I, I started to really understand health at the cellular level and, and see what it did for my brain, for my inflammation, for my hormones. And since then, I've been studying it like a, like a scientist, applying different strategies. And I put thousands and thousands of uh, people through a, a ketogenic and fasting protocol. And I've uh, learned a lot of cool things along the way. So that's uh, my, my story in a nutshell. No, I love it, man. There's so many different avenues we can dive into here. I'm curious, when you were like, you know, looking up ways to kill yourself and you were really at the, the deepest depths of your, <laughs> your life at that time, was there like a specific catalyst that was like the aha moment that just really make you made you do that 180 degree shift was it like a specific moment or was it just kind of like the con compounding effect of it over time yeah it was compounding over time uh i found myself it was it was kind of like that straw that that broke the the horse's back the camel's back because my entire life up until that point i never lived a life on purpose with my purpose i never set goals i was never inspired by anything I was really just asleep, like a lot of people are, unfortunately. So my girlfriend leaving me, I was in love with her. We were together for four years, around four years. It devastated me and it forced me to wake up because I knew I wasn't going to take my life. I wasn't going to do that to my mom. So hitting rock bottom was the biggest blessing for me because I used that, that space, that rock bottom as a springboard to now launch myself out of that into now living a life on purpose with my purpose. Awesome, man. Just totally out of curiosity, has she like gotten back in touch with you having turned your life around? Is there any communication there at all? <laughs> That's so funny because I was recently a couple months ago on, on Vinny Tordorich's um, Fitness Confidential podcast and he was like diving deep into this question and I was trying to brush <laughs> it off <laughs> and he wouldn't let me brush it off, man. Um, 
I still communicate to her. She's a friend of mine now. She's now married. She has two kids. We, we communicate often every month. There is no negative feelings there. So we're friends now. And it was all a blessing in disguise. You know, kudos to her for having the guts to actually leave me. It really forced me to wake up and I'm thankful for that. Nice, man. That's awesome. What got you into to vegan for a while? I mean, you did that for a year, year and a half, you said. What was the, the catalyst for trying that? I was duped like like so many people are. I know you see it all the time, Robert. I um, Back then, I didn't know how to read studies. I didn't really understand <laughs> studies. So I um, I watched some, some documentaries, some propaganda films, never digging into the actual research they were sharing on there. And then I read the book, The China Study, mm-hmm. and, which is not really a study. And it, um, it, it confused me and, and led me to believe that plant-based lifestyle, save the world, save your body. And then it led me to other books like Finding Ultra and a few others that um, really fooled me. So that's it convinced me to believe that that was the healthy way to go. And you know what? At first, I felt great first few months. And then I hit that vegan wall. But I looked, I was such um, so dogmatic about it that I, I didn't, I told so many people, this is the only way you got to do this. Stop drinking milk, stop eating meat, killing you. I was so closed off from anything else that I put myself in a box and I lived there for 15 months before I decided to get out of that box. I was actually having a conversation two days ago about how, you know, the human mind is interesting. Like what you spend your time researching, diving into, and just really fleshing out, like your interest in that topic usually grows and you become kind of more and more biased in support of it because you're just spending your time focusing on it. So I feel like that's oftentimes the case with people that are, you know, devout followers of vegan, people that do keto, people that do carnivore. It's really rampant in nutrition. The beauty of nutrition, though, is that you're able to kind of experiment and look at your biofeedback and then use that as a proxy where so many other things in life that are controversial, you're not really even getting any good pulse on. So it's hard to know what's right or wrong. But I feel like if you, you know, peel the layers back with nutrition and actually take heed of what your feedback is giving you, what your biofeedback is, what your lab markers are, you can really kind of hone in on what is actually working and what isn't. Yeah, you're so right. That's the true test right there. How do you feel? How are your energy levels? What about your lab work? And if you have, if you're looking at that data, so it's the awareness that a lot of people are, are missing. They're they're lacking the awareness to to actually develop that relationship with their body, so they're in tune with how they feel, and they're not getting the proper lab work done. They're going to the lab and they're getting just a basic whatever their insurance covers, which really doesn't tell you much. And then they're looking at the reference range, which we know is compiling all Americans, which is a sick nation. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, you know, you're in this range, but it's a very broad range. When in reality, the optimal range is much, much more narrow. Totally, totally. So did you transition from that vegan lifestyle, like straight into keto? Or did you kind of go through like the paleo mix first, then kind of segue from there? Or had that wind up unfolding? I went right into keto. I remember breaking my 15 month veganism with eggs and it felt weird, <laughs> but yeah, I went right in. I was doing my, my, te- my keto um, strips back then, Robert, as you know, when they were <laughs> cost more money, if you messed up with a finger prick, that was like seven bucks down the drain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. And that was when I owned my CrossFit gym. So I remember like sharing this with the members, holding workshops and seminars for them. And I thought I was the craziest person in the world. You want me to skip breakfast? You want me to eat more fat? But yeah, I went right into keto from uh, veganism. Nice, nice. Were the CrossFitters in support of the veganism? I mean, usually CrossFitters, I don't want to speak, you know, to the to the masses here, but I feel like CrossFitters are, they, they kind of go in phases as to which diet they tend to adopt. And I don't know of them ever <laughs> adopting veganism. 
No, they weren't. I was I was a rare I was a rare breed. The outlier, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was an outlier for sure. <laughs> nice, nice. And then talk to me a little bit about you taking what you've learned and and seeing how it affected you personally, and you wanting to to create a, a life around like a business, a career path, and brand. Like talk about that, man. Yeah, I, I know that your your business oriented just like myself, uh, and and everybody should be. Everybody's a business, so it's important to talk about this. You know, my first brand was was Shred Fat, and I, I launched that as a personal trainer in 2010. And um, I had that. I still have that that company. However, it wasn't until a couple years ago, a little over two years ago, where I rebranded. I rebranded. I hired a, a, a marketing coach, uh, Sean Croxton. I'm not sure if you are familiar with Sean Croxton, but Sean was uh, my coach. He helped me come up with um, new branding. He, he essentially said, hey, you know that Shred Fat thing? That's not really going to sell well. It's not. It's not niche enough. We got to figure out what is it that you love to teach. What do you love to study? And let's come up with a brand around that. So we strategized for a couple of months together on weekly calls, and um, we manifested Keto Camp. Keto Camp Camp is spelled with a K, uh, because you know Sean was asking me, "What do I love to study? What do I love to teach? What do I feel energized about whenever I'm I'm speaking about it in in public or in conversations?" And that was ketosis. That was intermittent fasting. And that's where Keto Camp spawned. So we completely rebranded. We created a new YouTube channel, which now has 115,000 subscribers in, in about two years. We, we launched that. We have uh, our Keto Camp podcast, which are coming on, Rob, right after we're done recording here. We're going to do your recording, which uh, ranked as high as number 12 in uh, alternative health in the U.S., and uh, we are now, this, this mission is, is growing, the Keto Camp mission, to get this information, these ancient healing strategies that you teach so well, Rob, to get this information to 1 billion people, to help them understand, hey, you know what? There is no pill, no surgery, no supplement that could replace what you have already within you, which is this innate intelligence. It, it is a physician that you have that lies dormant within you until you remove interference and then activate that innate intelligence and using things like ketosis and fasting are two powerful tools to activate and harness that innate intelligence so your body could heal. So that's the mission and we get it out there a lot with our with our content. We have uh, our Keto Camp Academy, which is a monthly membership program, $97 a month. We have uh, over 400 members in there. I teach them group coaching. I have 200 videos. I have my four pillar structure on there. So that's uh, that's what we're doing right now, Robert. I love it. I love it. Well, hats off to you, man. Like just just in scrolling through your content, just ever so slightly, it's obvious that you've got a really good format. Like everything is really crisp, clean, organized. Um, I mean, you, you put it all together in a very nice, polished fashion. And I feel like you know, there's a lot of people that are great minds out there, but they don't know how to you know elicit that information in a very well laid out format. There's people that have a great format. They don't have the, the right content. So to be able to have them both together all in one spot like you've done is, is pretty impressive, man. So hats off to you. Thank you so much, Robert. That speaks highly. I love your work, man. And I have always appreciated you. So thank you. Yeah, man, for sure. I'd love to kind of dive into keto as a business if you want to flesh that out, because I feel like a lot, I mean, as keto has grown in popularity, I, when I got into it, I've been doing it for like six years now, I think. But I think in 2017 is when it peaked, according to Google Trends at least. But since then, you've seen this massive influx of, you know, keto products, uh, keto coaches. I mean, it's just a dime a dozen. Everybody's wanting to play on the hype of keto. So with you being in the keto space long before it was popular and then also having a brand and business around it, what are some common trends or 
or things that you've noticed that you've you've kind of steered away from or steered towards? Or what, what's gaining momentum right now in your eyes? Yeah, you know, it's a double-edged sword. It's so popular, and it's great because a lot of people are now getting this information on keto, and they're they're becoming aware of what keto is. But then the other side of the spectrum is a lot of people are getting bad information. They're they're getting information of, of you know dirty keto products that have uh, these industrial seed oils in it. That's actually the most common thing I've seen. I, I know I would imagine, Robert, that you probably get a lot of companies who reach out to you and say, hey, you know, we want to send you this product. We want to send you this keto cookie, this keto ice cream or whatever it is. Uh, I get that a lot. And I immediately, first of all, go to their their sourcing. You know, what are your ingredients? Where do you source it from? Can I see an entire list? And the most common thing I see is these vegetable oils in them. And, and mm -hmm. I'm wondering, you know, how they would sell this when we know these vegetable oils are actually worse than consuming sugar. The body cannot burn these vegetable oils. They could gunk up your cell receptor sites for five months to a year. And um, so I, I was, that's something that's a trend right there that a lot of people who do keto are not aware of these bad fats that are hidden in a lot of keto products. Heck, they're even in whole foods. They're all over the place. And if we don't have the awareness to actually turn out, turn the label around and read the ingredients, we're going to be duped. And we might be getting into ketosis with these vegetable oils, but they're not teaching your body to get healthy. They're not reducing inflammation. They're doing the exact opposite. So we see that. And then we see a lot of people who are now keto coaches. We see keto bros. Uh, we see a lot of people teaching keto, creating uh, these YouTube channels and podcasts. And, and most people are not teaching it from the way the lens that we teach it, which is that cellular lens, because when you when you could empower somebody to understand how ketosis works in the body at the cellular level, that right there is worth so much. I mean, there's actually it's priceless because when somebody understands how ketones work in the body, then you understand that, OK, you don't come to keto for the weight loss. You actually get empowered to understand when you get healthy, the weight comes off as a side effect. So it's these little switches right there, which is, which is separating you and I, Robert, versus from a lot of people, because we're teaching it from this cellular lens. And there's going to be a lot of people who come and go, who come and go, but they're not putting in the research like us. They're not putting in the consistency like us. And it's really going to, the, the cream is going to rise to the top here. Totally agree, man. I mean, I think everything you said there is gold. I feel like, you know, it is a double-edged sword. The more people that are interested in it they're gonna you know learn whether directly or indirectly and the more people that know at the end of the day that's a good thing it's a good message but with that like you said you're gonna get a lot of the people that are just trying to monetize off of it a lot of the companies trying to monetize off of it and having a food product myself you know i'm super super like particular on what goes into the keto bricks and i've i've really opened my eyes to what other companies are doing and i'm I just I have a i'm able to look behind the curtain and see kind of where they're you know, cutting corners and, and trying to save on margins, but it's, it's winding up with a lower quality product. And to see, see companies willing to put forth a subpar product just to improve their margins, like putting it full of, you know, these seed oils. Or one of my pet peeves is just playing on the whole net carb game and having, you know, like if you get a bar that's got 28 grams of total carbs, but their marketing is only one gram of net carb and it's super keto friendly and there's less fat in there than than protein or carbs like that to me is just pretty shoddy marketing um so that's been a huge pet peeve and then from like the the informational standpoint and the coaching standpoint 
you know, I see this super bad in the uh, in the fitness industry. You know, like before keto, I was deep into the fitness industry exclusively, and I still am into fitness, but alongside keto now. And you see so many, you know, bro dieters wanting to play on the hype of keto and, and gain a broader, you know, client pool by appealing to the keto interest, but at the same time, they really know nothing about keto from that cellular level. So they're they're trying to you know put a, a square peg into a round hole and and coach similar to the way with the bro dieting. You know if it fits your macros approach while also having ketogenic macros, and it's just not gonna work. Well said, dude. Yeah, and I'm, I'm gonna ask you that question when I interview next you next on my podcast about the keto sourcing of ingredients because I want to know. I know you have the keto brick. I want to know what you look out for. So you could empower my audience with those those red flags. But yeah, you, you said it. A lot of people who teach keto, they teach it as a diet. And keto is not a diet. Keto is a metabolic process. It's been around since humans have existed. And every single one of our ancestors did keto. So what could really separate um, somebody who understands keto versus somebody who doesn't is I, w- I would uh, suggest those listening here that they ask their keto coach, their keto educator, hey, how does how does the ketosis work like at the cellular level? Can you explain it to me? And if they could explain it to you, to you, first of all, for you to understand it so you could explain it to other people, then you got yourself a really good educator. But most people, most educators out there in the keto space are not going to be able to do that. Totally, totally agree. What What's your take on, I, I kind of want to get into some controversial topics because I feel like that's where growth truly happens. Um, I feel like as of late, it seems as though there's been several like, you know, high level controversial topics that have kind of made waves in the keto space. One being the whole calorie versus hormone debate as the primary driver. One being, you know, protein intake. Should it be high? Should it be low? Um, one being like metabolic flexibility. Um, just So I just kind of I would like to get your take on some of these more controversial topics because you've worked with so many people, you've experimented on yourself with so many different things, and I value your input. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, let's start with the calories. <laughs> you, you being in the fitness space for so long, you've seen a lot of that. I've saw a lot in my uh, CrossFit days. Do calories? Oh, wait, let me reframe that. Are calories important? Well, actually, let me reframe, let me reframe that again. Sorry. Do calories matter? Yes. Are they important? Uh, Not really. There's other things that are more important. I believe that they are more of a distraction than they are anything else because they take away from what really is important, which is the hormones, the nutrients, and then that whole orchestra, the communication process with your cell receptors and your cell metabolism. So the body we know has no mechanisms, no receptor sites in place to count calories. The body is not it's not as simple as just a math equation. Calories, they matter. Yes. I'm not saying they don't matter. They, they do factor into it, but they're not the most important thing to understand. It is the quality. It is the timing. It is so many more important things to consider. So uh, a lot of people, you know, we have the two camps out there, Robert, we have one camp who is just, this is just a calories in versus calories out energy deficit. What's wrong with you? You're stupid. And then we have the other camp saying, you know, it's a hormonal thing. It's a inflammation thing. Are they actually, are the nutrients getting into your cells or the hormones connecting to your receptor sites? I fall into the latter category. I know that you do as well. So um, I don't know if you want to follow up on that. So I, I fall, I kind of fall into somewhere in the middle because I feel like, you know, the energy balance and, and calorie intake definitely matters, but it really just kind of boils down to what the, the goal is. So like for me as a natural bodybuilder trying to get to, you know, 
sub 5% body fat on show day, I'm absolutely going to have to take my caloric intake into consideration. However, most people, the general population is not trying to, you know, achieve that body fat percentage. And it's not even healthy to achieve that body fat percentage. So if you're just mm-hmm. trying to achieve overall health and longevity and well-being and set yourself up for success in that regard, then, yeah, I think, you know, not fixating on the calories and focusing more so on how your hormones are impacted, the quality of the foods you're consuming, which that's going to have a massive impact on your overall satiety levels. And you're going to kind of fix the calorie intake by definition, just through getting everything else aligned, that's kind of where people would want to go. But a lot of the people that are in the it's only calories camp are coming from that, you know, bro dieting background. And I mean, a lot of them are trying to achieve very low levels of body fat percentage. So I understand where their bias is coming from. But I mean, as with most things in life, the answer lies somewhere in the middle. And I don't like dealing in absolutes. So I feel like, you know, taking all of it into consideration and treating everything as its own individual variable that manipulates the whole is the best way to go about it. Yeah. You know, you're so right. Start with your why. What is your goal? If your goal is to get sub 5%, put on a lot of size, maybe, then maybe the calorie counting is a priority for you, but then you might be sacrificing some of your health. So yes, it depends on what your goal is. But for the most people out there who are coming to keto because they want to get healthier um, and lose some weight, then uh, I, I think it's more of a distraction than anything else. Totally, totally. It's crazy how much, like in doing this for as long as you and I both have, it, it's crazy how much all of this stems down to like human psychology, like the way we view our food and how we eat and what our lifestyle is like. That dictates so much of whether or not keto is sustainable, the success rate it's going to you know yield. So much of it is all about the mind. I know you're a big you know, mindset stoic junkie as well, so we can probably have a full-blown <laughs> conversation on that alone. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. And the mindset is the missing component. You know, if you don't have it's it's the fundamental of health because I, I've seen so many people do everything right with keto. They eat the clean keto foods, they're pairing it with intermittent fasting, they're exercising correctly, but they have these toxic thoughts that are negative, self-limiting thoughts that are actually creating stress in their body and actually creating inflammation in the body. Dr. Bruce Lipton actually has proven that negative thoughts can actually create inflammation around the cells. So they are creating this road blockage with their toxic thoughts. They're feeding into, you know, mainstream media. They're watching CNN, constant negative news. Mm-hmm. They're around toxic and a toxic environment and friends, and they're not getting the results they want because that is the missing component right there. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people think this is woo woo, but I'm going to share it anyways. And w- when I say, mastering your thoughts, it's important to do so because we think 60,000 thoughts a day on average, and 90% of those thoughts are usually negative thoughts that are learned behaviors, these paradigms, the first seven years of our life, our our, our, uh, experiences from the first seven years of our life are determining our thoughts today. And if we're not aware that these, this is happening, then we're going to just get the same old, same old. We're going to get these frustrating results out there. But when you start to really get in tune with those 60,000 thoughts, and it's tricky. It's when you're washing your, uh, brushing your teeth, washing your hands, walking your dog, washing dishes. It's throughout the whole day. It's those thoughts that really determine your future. And if you could change your thoughts, you will, you will change your life. And I personally do affirmations. I, I, tell myself I love myself. I, I say my goals in my head throughout the whole entire day. And th- it's no coincidence that now I'm now achieving a lot of things that I want to achieve because we do 
ex what we feed energy to expands. So if we're feeding energy to what we don't want, we're gonna get more of what we don't want. But then if we flip that and we start feeding energy to what we love, we love ourselves, we're grateful, what we think about and what we think about, we bring about. So it's so important. It's it's important to master that, to read the book, to listen to the podcast, to to follow people who inspire you. And then that's going to make everything else upgrade, the ketosis, the supplements, the fasting, the exercise. So that's where I'm at with the mindset. No, I totally agree, man. It does sound woo-woo, but like it, it's it's legitimate. I mean, I feel like the as, as much of a mindset, you know, fix that is as much as that is just psychological it has a physiological outcome and you know i don't know if it's direct or indirect or i don't know the mechanics i don't think we ever will but it's so obvious and apparent that it exists because you look at all the people that are truly on the next level success i mean that's what they're doing you look at the people i mean look at 2020 and just all the negativity surrounding the election year the virus and all that that's brought in you see the people that are letting that weigh so heavily on them. They live their life in chronic fear. Like they've only gotten worse. The people that have used this as a way to, to better themselves, to be stoic in nature, to improve upon it, and use it as an opportunity, they've only gotten better. So, I mean, that's like a classic example. We've all been subjected to the same stimuli, but our mindset towards it is, is going to dictate whether we fall deeper or rise higher. Oh, we create, we manifest what we want. This, for me personally, Robert, this has been the best year of my life, both physically, my health. Uh, my business. It's been an incredible year for me. And it's no coincidence that I've done the work. I've, I've developed this mental six pack. So when you have done that, I've, I've been studying on average for three hours every single day for the last 12 years now. And that's a combination of self-development, a combination of health and nutrition. And I don't say that to impress. I say that to impress upon that this is a muscle that I've developed, this mental six pack. And I've we're going through this 20, we just went through this 2020 year that has been so challenging to so many people. And for me, it's been such a fantastic year. And that's not a coincidence. I've done the work. I've done the mental reps. So it's to your point, that's exactly what's happened with me. I, I'm always curious to talk to people that are like, you know, entrepreneurial in nature. They're very business minded. Uh, I feel very much so the same way. I've had periods in my life where I was just incredibly broke. I, I climbed out of a quarter million dollars, you know, debt. I was suicidal as well at one point, and I had to go through this period of just like hardcore blood and guts grind in order to kind of, you know, build myself up to at least neutral and then build from there. And I feel like a lot of people, especially in business, especially around content creation, like you look at your business model, you look at my business model, and so much of it is focused on adding value through content, whether that be YouTube videos, podcasts, social content. There's just so much involved with adding value and content creation. I feel like a lot of people allow themselves to fall in love with that model, but then they don't put in the work consistently over enough time to really see the fruits of their labor. So for you, in putting out as much content as you do and, and knowing that that's, that's what your success is built upon, how do you stay motivated to just keep chipping away, keep chipping away day in, day out? Great question, Robert. When your why is strong, your how becomes easier. You got to have a strong why. I'm really clear on my why. My why is to to really... So my dad passed away in 2013. He had a... In 2012, he had a massive stroke from his diabetes. Complications of diabetes led to a massive stroke, which left him paralyzed and he couldn't speak. And I visited him in the hospital for nine months until he eventually passed on. 
And uh, throughout my whole life, I didn't understand diabetes, type 2 diabetes. I didn't understand health. I really put my trust into the medical system. And I lost my father as a result. I know that the information that I shared today is the same information that would have saved my father's life. But I also know that I was given that mountain so I could show the world that this mountain can be moved. So that's my why. My why is strong. I want to teach people that disease does not need to be in your future. This disgusting trend we see out there with obesity and cancer and diabetes is not our future. It's not our destiny. Your genes are not your destiny. So I'm strong. I'm clear on my why. The why is strong. And when life punches me in the face, because it still does, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, said Mike Tyson. He's so right. When that why is strong, that obstacle turns into an opportunity. And I'll get a lesson because sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. That's the mindset I have. I believe we never fail in life as long as we never quit. Failure is really just feedback. And when you really have that mindset, then you are unstoppable. And I did everything in the beginning. When I launched my businesses and I was doing content, I did everything. I hustled my ass off 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., for years. I was the video editor, the, the recorder, the sound engineer, the copywriter. I was holding all hats. Now, as my business grew, I started to delegate things that I was not good at. So I strengthened my strengths and I delegated all my weakness. And now I have a team of seven that's going to grow even more next year. So it's, yeah, you're right. You got to get clear on your why. And then you got to work your ass off at the beginning. You got to make sure you're doing whatever it takes. And when life punches you in the face, you just got to keep pushing forward and keep your eye on the prize. I love it, man. Could not agree more. Having a strong why is the underlying factor that's going to make or break anybody that's wanting to get into business. So you're, you're speaking the truth there, man. What, uh, with regard to business now in the current day and age, and it being so centered around content and you know production, what 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 form, what medium are you really trying to sink your teeth into? Is it more so the podcast, the video, the written word? Like, what what are you thinking is the 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 primary focus? Attention is the new currency. <laughs> it's the limited resource these days. Money follows attention. That's the truth. If you have a message that you know could help somebody, then it is your duty, responsibility, and obligation to get it to them. And it starts with attention. Grant Cardone said, if nobody knows you, they can't flow you, meaning they cannot pay you for your services. They don't know who you are. You cannot help them. So attention is the name of the game. Now that we have a lot of tools available to us, we live in, you know, 2020 was a unique year for many, many reasons. One of them is the censorship. And I know you went through some crazy things as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what platform is going to be there in the next few years. I don't know how bad censorship's going to be. I know we see these alternative platforms out there like Parler and a few others. I'm going to go on all of them. But the number one platform that I've seen growth on is YouTube. Now, YouTube is owned by Google. Google could be a little evil sometimes. I don't know what's going to happen with YouTube. But YouTube has been a strong platform. So I'm using YouTube as my number one platform right now. But that, with that being said, I am building my email list. I'm taking them off of YouTube. I'm building my own platform through my Keto Camp Academy. And then I'm distributing it on all other platforms as well, just because I don't know what's going to happen in the future. So for me, it's YouTube number one, uh, my, my Keto Camp podcast number two, and then my LinkedIn has grown pretty good as well. And then I'm on all other platforms as well. I love it. I love it. I think LinkedIn is like this, you know, unsung hero, so to speak. Like it's there's so much opportunity in LinkedIn, but a lot of people don't even give it a second look. 
Oh yeah, totally, dude. Totally. It is like where Facebook was several years ago, maybe eight years ago. So, uh, I I'm on there every single day. Well, my, my assistant's posting for me on there every single day. With regard to YouTube, like YouTube's a hard nut to crack too, because there's just such an influx in information and people are always trying to make these viral videos that, that pop off. But I mean, I feel like the, the name of the game is just consistency and, and putting out quality information. But like, I feel like so many people get hung up on production and like if they don't have the newest, greatest camera, they just can't even begin. And that's just not the case. No, it's not. You're, you're right. It's not the case. Now, as you grow, you, you'll definitely start to invest in all that. But um, it's it's consistency. If you want to, here's how you, YouTube is a beast. It's an absolute beast. I have studied it. I put in a lot of hours. I've studied it like a, like a seven-figure business. You want to make sure you know what you're talking about. So you've done your research. So you are confident because competence gives you confidence. And you want to just serve. You want to serve. You want to show up there. You want to have a title that catches their attention. And then you want to make sure you deliver on that title, right? You have a thumbnail, a title that captures their attention, and then you deliver on that message. And then you create bingeable content. Maybe you create playlists. You take them from one video to another video. You have call to actions to other videos. But consistency is the name of the game. Like I said, I'm two years now. I just hit my two-year anniversary on my Keto Camp YouTube channel. We have about 400 videos in two years. We have been so consistent with at least two videos every single week. I go live every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern time on my channel. I have not missed a Wednesday in a year and a half since I started doing that. A lot of people are not going to commit to that. They're going to stagger. They're going to fall off track. Life's going to get in the way of vacations. They're not going to plan for all that. And that's what's going to separate those who do plan for it from those who don't. So as long as you're showing up, you're consistent, and then you start building, you get a better camera, you get this, you get that. But that's not the name of the game. The name of the game is not having the best um, camera and microphone. The name of the game is having the best information that's going to help the person and you show up on a consistent basis. Consistency is so key, man. I know that's like cliche. People toss it around all the time. But I mean, the same is true with regard to nutrition, consistently eating the right food. I mean, anybody can eat the right macros for one day. Anybody can have a brutal, intense leg day once. And anybody can create a piece of content and put it on YouTube once. But doing it day in, day out, month after month, year after year, without fail, that's where the people that truly reach their potential are born. It's nothing fancy, but like when I stop and think about everything that I've accomplished in my life, the bodybuilding shows, the pro card, the the business success, like nothing has stemmed from any one pivotal aha moment that just totally made me into the person I am today. It's all just simply the compounding effect of the day in and day out. Oh, so true. And you're, you're a testament of that. Somebody who's been a bodybuilder and built your business and brand, you, you know, discipline equals freedom. It really does. And when you could, you know, what's really helped me is having people hold me accountable at like coaches and mentors. Accountability, I believe, is the glue that ties your goals to your results. But what bridges that gap is discipline. And most people lack that discipline, that integrity. But the more disciplined that you are, the more confidence, at least personally, the more confidence I have. When I say I'm going to do something and I do it, it gives me confidence and I and it creates this momentum and then I build from that. But when I say I'm going to do something and I don't do it, which does happen from time to time, I'm not perfect, then I have a little less confident in that er- confidence in that area. And that's what, where a lot of people are lacking. They're lacking the discipline. So with this being the new year, 2021, uh, something that I personally have done 
I have mapped out my 2021 goals and then I have reverse engineered it and I have my targets. I need to do this every day, every week, every month to hit those goals. But something that I've done for the last five years now, Robert, is I've written down my goals in present tense as if they are already accomplished because the subconscious mind cannot distinguish between what's real and what's not real. So I write down my goals in the present tense. Right before bed, I write down gratitude and then I write down the goals and then right in the morning when I wake up, and I have not missed a single day of doing this in over almost five years now. So I have notebooks and pads just full of this. And what am I doing? I'm feeding my bit, my beast. I'm keeping it in front of me. I'm activating my reticular activation system. So now I see new opportunities and now the universe is conspiring to help me out. So that's something that I do. And I encourage your audience to develop this goal writing, set goals, set targets, make them big and then reverse engineer them. Do you meditate as well? Or is that pretty much your form of meditation? Um, I My meditation is more of a walking meditation. I walk my dog and I'm doing affirmations. I'm saying my goals. So I do, but it's more of a walking meditation. Uh, and I and I do that without any distractions. My phone's off. I'm not listening to any audio. What about like audio books? I, I know, you know, you, you've listed off several like, you know, leadership books, business books, self-help books, empowerment books. Do you feel like you're, you're losing anything by listening to those in audio format as opposed to sitting down and flipping through pages? I don't. I, I do both. I don't feel like I'm losing anything with audio. Sometimes I actually get more from the audio book than I do from the physical book. I, I think everybody's different. Some people could retain more information listening versus um, reading. So I do both. When I'm walking my dog later on in the afternoon, I'm actually listening to a podcast or an audio book, but not in the morning. When I'm washing dishes or making my coffee, I'm listening to an audio book. Uh, and then I do carve out time in the morning to read and before bed as well to read the actual physical book. So I do both. I think it's important to do both. When I'm, when I'm driving in my car, that's like the best study time for me. <laughs> so yeah. I never care if I have a long drive or if there's traffic. This, that's just extra study time for me. Totally agree, man. I, I just knocked out like two audiobooks on this past drive I had. The only thing I don't like about that is it's hard to, like if I'm driving, listen to an audiobook and I want to like underline or highlight something, I haven't figured out a good app that I like to, to like pinpoint that note, that nugget of information so I don't forget about it later. Do you use anything for that? Yeah, yeah. I, I use, uh, well, are you listening on Audible? Yeah. Yeah, they have an option for, uh, it's called a clip. When you hit clip, it'll it'll bookmark that area. So then when I go back, I'll go just pull up all the clips and, and write the notes out. Nice. I didn't even know that they had that. So I'm going to incorporate that into my Audible experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Because I had that same problem. Like, damn it, I want to write that down. I want to underline that. So they should make it easier, though, because you have to kind of, it's like a it's like a two-click approach, which is not ideal when you're driving. But uh, it is doable. But they should have an option like right there where you just bookmark it. But they don't have that yet. They need to work on that for sure. What about uh, Gary Vee, man? Have you been, have you leveraged his information his content for like source of motivation and inspiration you pull a lot from him gary v yeah i have um i i read his book crush it like um 10 years ago <laughs> yeah that yeah. book was one of the like pivotal books for me it's like okay this is where it's at this makes sense to me this makes more sense to me than all the crazy business books how to for dummies that i've ever read in the past yeah i didn't know that about you that's that's cool manny we have that in common yeah exactly it makes so much sense it goes back to that attention thing so i remember reading that book and his hustle was so admirable. He would go and respond to like Twitter posts and comments and about his information and kind of provide a link. And he did that hours and hours every single day. So I started to do that as well. But yeah, Gary Vee is fantastic. Something that I learned from him that I do every single day is 
I will take my long form content that I do on YouTube. I typically do on average 15 to 20 minute YouTube videos. And then I'll take that video and I'll cut it up into 60 to, to 120 second segments. So one to two minute segments that I'll now distribute through all my other social media platforms, those little nuggets. So I could take one YouTube video and get like 20 different posts on other social media platforms from that. And I learned that from Gary Vee. Yeah, having having like a way to repurpose content and distribute across multiple channels is 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 so key. So many people put all their eggs into one one medium, one basket, and it's just dangerous, man. Like I, I lost my Instagram account three times this year, still haven't gotten it back, and that was one of my larger accounts. And it's just like after that, it's like okay, I'm I'm not putting any any faith into one platform exclusively. You gotta you gotta spread yourself across multiple different mediums. Yeah, exactly. That's so true. You don't know what's going to be there and you got to have something in place on those platforms to take them off those platforms to your email list. That's something that you're going to own forever. So take them, collect their email. That's very important. 100%. Well, talk to me, man. What, what's what's in the pipeline for you? What are you excited about? What's in store for your brand, your business? What are you what are you working on now that, that's going to be the, the next big thing for you? Yeah, well, all roads for me when it comes to my business structure lead to my Keto Camp Academy. Uh, right now, we have around 400 or so members in there, which they receive group coaching from me. They also have access to the portal, which has over 200 videos, all structured step by step for them. I want to grow that. I want to scale that to 2,000 2, members by the end of uh, 2021. That's a big goal for me. So we're always adding value, adding content, doing master classes for the members. And then I'm really just excited to continue getting this information out there on the YouTube channel, on my podcast. You know, I haven't interviewed you yet. We're going to do that right now after this one. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited to do more collaborations. I really believe that the world class out there in any field, they create and they collaborate. There is no competition. There is no competitive mindset. The only competition they have is with who they were yesterday. They're just competing to their, keep competing against their former self. So I, I'm just looking forward to doing more collaborations with world-class thinkers like you, free thinkers. I believe 2021 is going to be the golden age. I think a lot of great thing, things will happen uh, in the U.S. and all across the world. I know there's a lot of craziness, but I have the faith that good will prevail. I have the faith that we will get the golden age, and uh, I'm just excited to, to manifest that and just continue showing up to educate my community from all those platforms. And who knows if there's going to be a new platform like Parler that just takes off that everybody goes to there and there's no censorship there. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what will manifest there. I love it, man. I, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying about having that abundant mindset and collaborating instead of feeling competitive and shirking away from opportunities. I feel like so many people, especially now, I mean, I think, honestly, I think we're going to start to see a, a reversal of roles here in the sense that so many people have just been fixated on their screens for so long that people are longing for actual human interaction, connection, collaboration. And yeah, you can do collaboration through the screen. That that's obviously better than not collaborating at all. But I feel like there's just gonna be there's gonna be a massive push for people actually communicating and stuff face to face way like they did way back in the day because there's just so much that that conveys through that that you can't get via an Instagram DM or Facebook message. So I'm hopeful that people will be able to gravitate towards that and share information and do so face to face and the world as a, as a whole, you know, like all ships continue to rise, that that's what will be manifested and we'll all be better for it. Amen to that, brother. I, I can't wait for that. I love those events as well. I was set to speak uh, at KetoCon 2020 
could have seen you there. We could have hung out in person. So yeah, man, I can't wait for future events that are in person. I'm sure we'll get to share the stage together soon and get to hang out. Maybe you'll come down to Miami from Arkansas. But yeah, brother, that human connection is what we're missing right now. Thankfully, Florida is open right now and people are getting that here, but a lot of states are not. So I, I, I want to see that. I want to see people have that connection. Kids have that connection. You know, yep. I, I don't like seeing what, what I've seen this year with the distancing and, and people just being stuck at home. The depression is up. The suicide is up. I know that if this would have happened back when I was going through rock bottom, if 2020 would have been back then with all of the lockdowns, I would have taken my life. I would have said, screw this. I don't have my sports. I don't have my friends. I can't even see them. I would have just taken my life. And a lot of people have gone through that this year. They've lost loved ones. And that's what the news is not speaking about. That's what politicians are not speaking about. And that's much more harmful than, than you know, I'm not going to get into it, but that's much more harmful than what they're portraying on the media. Hey, man, we're, we're speaking the same language. I, I completely agree. And I'm backing you 100%, man. So keep doing what you're doing and, and spreading the positive information, the positive content, and having that abundant mindset. I mean, you can you can only control what you can what what you can control, what you can impact. So if you're focusing on that and doing so in a positive way, I mean, you're you're making waves, brother. Amen, brother. I appreciate that. Well, Ben, where can people go to find you, man? What's the website name? What's your social handles? Where can people go to get more information? Yeah. I mean, since this is a podcast, I would say go check out my Keto Camp podcast. Robert's going to be on there. You could start with his episode. We are 220 episodes in so far. So Keto Camp podcast, remember camp spelled with a K. And then my YouTube channel is a beast. We we are very active on there. So just type in uh, Keto Camp on YouTube and then just look me up on any social media platform that you're on. I'm very accessible. Maybe you could take a screenshot of this on your phone and tag me on, on some of those platforms. Let me know that you listen to it. So um, I'm just grateful that I had this opportunity to be introduced to your audience and I can't wait to reciprocate and have you on my podcast soon. Hey man, it's a pleasure. I definitely look forward to keeping in touch, continuing to collaborate as we talked about earlier. And if there's anything I can do for you ever, man, just let me know and consider it done. I will, Robert. Likewise, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, man.